Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. There are several things that may be in your life that are up for conversation, but there's one thing that's sure. That was the best announcement video that we've ever had, right? Thor and the mustache. Can we give Thor's mustache a hand? Oh, come on. I mean, yeah, that Thor, I'm like, he's like, it's egg day. And I'm like, yeah, I felt it. So I hope you feel his enthusiasm for some of those things that are going on uh, here this week at Calvary Church. It's exciting. Uh, he mentioned some of the uh, Easter uh, materials that we have for you. It's in the West Lobby out here. There's uh, opportunities for you to just grab what you'll use and uh, be just um, an example, be a witness, be that person in your neighborhood that people would say, hey, something's going on at that church. We should go check it out. And uh, we just have given some resources for you to be be used there too. I love the the new spotlight there from our volunteers. Sean it represents so many people that doing that are doing great things here, just serving. We talk about this vision all the, all the time about experiencing God, following Jesus, and serving others, and it's really important. And if you haven't found your 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 niche, so to speak, to serve, we would love to to connect with you. You can do that on the connect card and and find that spot. God's doing some really really great things, and I'm excited about it. When you came in this morning, you you found uh, on the seats there, the armrest there beside you, a little brochure, a little booklet about Convoy of Hope. This is significant because this month, um, our goal, our uh, spotlight for Kingdom Builders is one of our strategic missionary partner, missions partners, Convoy of Hope. Convoy has impact uh, both locally and globally in different areas of the world. Um, It is not just a responsive ministry that, that waits for a need or a tragedy or a crisis and then goes. There's ongoing um, opportunities and ministries that Convoy has all over the world. I've had the opportunity to travel with them down to Haiti and see their feeding programs and just the different impact that they are having in our world. We, we highlight them this month um, for a, a really important reason, obviously, is because we believe that, that through our support and through our partners, we can have an impact and build the kingdom, not just here in the triad, but all over the world. And ministries like Convoy are doing just that. So this brochure, um, it's just a focus on the ministry, but it also kind of puts some, um, some tangible how-to as far as our monthly goal this month of $30,000 to Convoy. Um, it kind of gives us the opportunity to say, how are we going to reach that goal? Well, for us in this month, we have an opportunity to look at the strategy that they provided here. It's really kind of cool in that you just, um, the idea is that we would all take one day to help feed the world. And that means this, that we look at our annual salary, whatever that may be, and it, it has a way for you to do that there, and look at what is your annual salary divided up, and what do you make in one day? Could you give one day to help reach the goal of, of ministering to people all over the world through Convoy? So I encourage you just to take a look at that. Um, throughout the month here, we'll be focusing a little bit on that. In two weeks, we're going to kind of uh, tie a bow on this, this idea and, and wrap up our project for Convoy this month. We'll have a guest with us. Some of you may know the name Troy Davis. Troy is going to be with us in two weeks and uh, works for Convoy now and is going to be sharing a challenging uh, thought and word on uh, how we can continue to be a partner 
there with Convoy. I'm excited about what God is doing through them and through all of you as you partner together with us through Kingdom Builders. So the Kingdom Builders spotlight for this month is Convoy. Take that and read that throughout the week here, and that will be be great. You'll, you'll hear more about that coming up. Well, did you enjoy the little white stuff coming out of the sky here this, this morning? Was it just, it's probably already gone, right? So I'm just glad for that. I'm ready. I don't, don't like it. I'm just get thee behind me, right? Get, get away from that. Um, we moved out here not to, to have that again. So you guys just pray that away. Keep praying. Some of you are not liking me right now. That's all right. Um, Let's jump into the word here today. Acts chapter 16 is where we'll be uh, in our message today. Acts chapter 16. We'll start in verse 6. But before we get there, I have a question for you that I think I know the answer to. And that is this. How many of you enjoy being delayed? Yes, that's what I thought the response would be. Because I don't know of anybody that really, really enjoys waiting and a delay. You remember when you got your first microwave oven, what a revolutionary thing that was? Like, oh my goodness. Nowadays, it's just like, I don't even know that I remember how to make popcorn, except you push it in there and hit the popcorn button, poof, done, awesome, perfect, whatever. But we're so attuned now and just accustomed to things fast that delays are really, really challenging. These past couple uh, uh Days, the, the end part of the week, I had an opportunity, just kind of a spur of the minute thing, went out to Phoenix and met with some pastors, had the opportunity to challenge some of them in some different areas and resource and discipleship. It was really fun. But in that moment of, of, of especially last minute travel, when you're getting onto a flight that uh, is, is, is last minute, you always have that concern of travel delays, right? And it doesn't matter how much margin you build into your time, you're always going to have to come into that process with the mentality, I could be delayed. You know who the most frustrated people in an airport are? Are those that have been delayed and it just doesn't fit into their schedule, right? We cannot stand delays. And, and yet they happen all the time. They happen in our lives. We'll be driving around the area here and there's construction in an area, right? And we're just like, come on, come on, whatever. And that light turns green and that two seconds expires and the person doesn't go ahead of you. And you just give them a little friendly honk, you know, whatever, friendly. Yeah, I've seen you. Yeah, you, you know who you are. And we just get so impatient. And you guys know, I've probably been that person too. And when you see that person, what are they always doing when they have a delay? Always. Two things, they're either on their phone or putting on makeup. You women understand, you understand. It's usually in the morning when you're driving or whatever. Delays are tough, man. We hate it. We like to get things done. We like to go. Uh, like right now, I'm having a little bit of anxiety and delays for today is like tournament selection day. And I'm just waiting. I love March Madness. I'm so excited about it. I'm ready. I'm just energized, right? I'm, there's a delay here. I'm like anticipating just the, it's, it's fun. It's great. And we're not going to talk about too many of the sources of contention here in this room because I know some of you that are just deeply Tar Heel, uh, it's, it's a tough moment. So we'll pray for you after in the service. I had to meddle there just a little bit. Delays, they're tough. I want to give you an illustration that, uh, that I, I just think it's this, there's a song 
that is, is, has been written. And when I'm outside, maybe out in the, the, the woods, chopping wood or whatever in the garage, working, doing something, you know, manly or whatever, I got to listen to like old school country music sometimes. And there's a song that comes on this Pandora station to listen to often. And it's by the great philosopher, uh, Brad Paisley. He, he has this idea that uh, he talks about uh, some delays. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. I know the last two weeks we talked about conflict. And so we stepped on each other's toes a little bit. And I'm going to just go ahead and step on 50% of your toes in the room right now. But then I'll ask for forgiveness afterwards. So it's okay. I'm going to step on all the ladies' toes here. Because there's a song that Brad Paisley has written that I think is pretty funny. It's called, Not Waiting, But Waiting. you got to say it like that. Waiting. Waiting on a woman. Right? And the philosopher Brad Paisley says this. He says, uh, sitting on a bench at West Town Mall, he sat down in his overalls and asked me, you waiting on a woman? I nodded, yeah, and said, how about you? And he said, son, since 1952, I've been waiting on a woman. The son goes on to say different things, but then at the end it says, well, I've read somewhere statistics show that the man's always the first to go, and that makes sense because I know she won't be ready. So when it finally comes my time and I get to the other side, I'll find myself a bench if they've got any, and I hope she takes her time because I don't mind Waiting on a woman. Well, I just got news for you. It's not always the women that we're waiting on. It's us as men too, right? In my own family, um, we ha- I have three kiddos. And so when they were all younger and back at home, many Sundays, we would be in the garage, in the car, ready to go to church. And we weren't waiting on the women in our house. We were waiting on my son. I love you, Chandler, if you're watching. But there were many times that we'd be sitting there ready to go to church. And where's Chandler? Well, he woke up late and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then he would be running out to get in the car or whatever. And it happened several times where he would walk out there and we'd pull out of the driveway, getting ready to go to church. And Chandler looked down and says, I don't have any shoes on, right? Like, well, bless you, Lord. You're going, you know, you're going to be this little guy going, whatever. So it's just, we wait on people all the time. Well, in my own life, I'm going to brag on my youngest daughter who is here, Chloe, and the third time's a charm, right? We got it perfect on the third time, right? Because Chloe is on time to everything. In fact, Chloe's up before anybody in our house. She goes early. And if she's not 30 minutes early to something, she's late. And so you're never going to be waiting there. So perfection right there. Thank you, Chloe, for being an example to all of us, right? But there are those moments when we wait on things that are really, really frustrating. A friend of mine just wrote a book called Delayed Destiny, talking about the life of Joseph. And he says in there, I love this phrase, he says this, that slow motion is still motion. Slow motion is still motion. Jeffrey Portman's author of that that book. I love it. And what he's saying to all of us is so true because I know if you're anything like me in my experience in my relationship with the Lord, when God gives me a, a, a goal, a dream, or something to pray through or focus on, then I'm just ready for that to happen, right? Like, let's go. Let's get this. God, you're God. You could just go woof and it's done. Like, let's let's make this stuff happen. And yet so many times there's a delay. And we question and we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we buy into some lies that we'll talk about here today. And at the end of our time today, we're going to have a moment um, where we just pray for each other 
And we just encourage each other. And you may be here this morning that there is a thing, there is a goal, there is a prayer need that you've been praying about a long time. And you have, have, have allowed some discouragement to come in because of the delay. And so our encouragement today from God's word is how do we find joy when we're waiting, waiting in the delay? In Acts chapter 16, we see a story um, from Paul and Silas that had a couple of delays that was interesting here. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, it says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because, key phrase, the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Verse 7, then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Have you ever had a delay like that? There's a purpose, there's a goal, I'm going here, and there's a door that's shut. And there's a questioning moment. There's a map that I want to show you about Paul's second missionary journey that is, that is partially described here in these verses. And, and we have the, the beauty of foresight to be able to draw the, the, the kind of path you see on the screen that, that based upon scripture and some of the retelling that he took, and this red line kind of supports that. And the, the, the center upper portion of this where it says Asia and Bithynia and Pontius, it describes there, and there's a little, you can't read it, but it says Paul forbidden by the spirit to preach in Asia and then Bithynia. And, and if we're not careful, we read through scripture and we kind of see it through a lens like this, a nice little pretty map that has this flight plan, so to speak, right? It's just this straight red line that we say, oh, this was the plan. When in reality, based upon when we read in scripture, it probably was a little bit more zigzaggy than that, right? We're going to go here. Ah, the Lord's saying, no, don't go there. So we're going to go over here. And I know that resonates with me because my life has not always been just a straight path either. It's there's those moments when God puts up this detour sign and he says, Hey, I think I know, I know you think you're going that direction, but I need you to divert over here. And that can be really frustrating sometimes, right? Especially when we have this initiative and drive and we want to go, go, go. And we're there And this waiting business <laughs> that the Bible talks about is really challenging. Paul and Silas walked through this when they had a, a mission, they had a purpose. It was to, to further this gospel and this church was, was growing, it was expanding in this story of God's word in the church. It was just, it, it was exponential growth and yet there seemed to be these moments where the spirit of God said, no, don't go there. No, don't go there. And you gotta know that Paul and Silas on that road were having these conversations like, yeah, we just, and then the murmur, and it's like this delay and we could have been there by now. And, and if you looked at that, that map there in the middle, there's a lot of representations in that region known as Asia that were some churches there that, that would have been greatly strengthened by Paul and Silas's ministry. In fact, he later would write some letters to many of those churches and he said, God, there could have been some benefit there and yet God had delays and detours 
right in front of him, and it was discouraging. I understand that. I feel that way. I, I can be that way too, and I have a feeling that you are the same as me. Delays can be challenging. And so today I want to uh, just point out the potential of, there's probably more than this, but the potential of like four different thoughts that, that are lies, that are not true, that in the middle of a delay or a detour from what we thought God's plan was, that if we're not careful, we can, we can begin to believe now, we're not going to state them as belief. We're not going to be so definitive necessarily to say, I believe this. But no, sometimes our actions are indicators that we have allowed some of these myths to slide into our thinking in the middle of delays. So first one is this, that sometimes we believe. Number one, God is uninvolved. God's uninvolved. He's not here. He's gone. He has left me. There is no way that God, who loves me and cares for me, could allow me to, he must be, he's out. Like, he is not involved in this situation. He's uninvolved. We may not say it like that, but our actions indicate that that lie has begun to creep in. Where is God in my situation? Prayed that prayer before? Have you shouted that in your prayer? Why have you left me? Psalmist writes things like that. God, this is uncomfortable. You you must have left me in this situation. This was not what the plan was. Feels like I've been alone and God's just abandoned me. Been there. There's a lie that we could begin to believe in these moments of delay and waiting that says God is uninvolved. The problem with that And none of us, like I said, would absolutely definitively say that. But when we allow those thoughts to begin to impact our lives, they're they're really damaging. And when, not if, when you find yourself in that position, I have found that the, the one and only solution is to dive into his word and say, Spirit of the Lord, speak to me through your word and help me to understand that your word doesn't change. And the belief that I'm struggling with right now that, God, you're uninvolved, it doesn't match up with your word. And so help me change my thinking, my, my unbelief, right, that the word says. Because in God's word, there's some things, some promises that if you find yourself in that position right now, you've, God's just, he's removed himself from this. Let me just encourage you with what the Bible says. God says it to Joshua when he's taken over from Moses, this phrase that gets repeated many times throughout scripture. It says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said that to us. I will never leave you. David said it to his son Solomon when he was questioning those things. He said, hey, the Lord has said, I will never leave you. God, you're uninvolved. Well, how in the world does that reconcile with the truth of scripture? It doesn't, but we have a tendency to believe that. I, I love what Jesus said to his disciples and then to us. He, he said, I'm gonna, I've, I've gotta go away, but if I go away, I'll prepare a place and 
I'll also send you the comforter to be with you. My spirit will be with you. You may not physically see me anymore, but I will be with you. James chapter four, verse eight. I love this verse. I love it because it means so much to me personally. And I think it probably connects with you as well that the Bible says that we are to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. Isn't that amazing to think about if there's this incredible, we sang about this in a couple songs this morning, this chasm that's between us. And that verse in my mind, I, it makes sense that if my, the gap between me and God is from me to the back wall of this building, if I'll just take a step, he'll make up the difference. And trust me, his steps are a lot bigger than my steps, right? So all I have to do is say, God, my posture is towards you. And I'm just going to draw a little bit closer to you. And he rushes and he says, I'll make up the gap because I am not uninvolved. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is there. When Jesus came onto the scene, he was, he was named Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Jeremiah says it this way in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23, he says, am I only a God nearby declares the Lord and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth. And yet in the middle of a delay, we can have a tendency to say, God, you're uninvolved. I know you said you fill heaven and earth, but this situation, it's bigger than you. Well, we don't say it that way, but sometimes our mind can, can, can shift into that. I'm telling you today that if you find yourself in the middle of, the, of a delay, do not believe a lie that may have crept into your life that says God is uninvolved. He's a good father. You are his son. You are his daughter. He is deeply involved in your life, even if you can't see it. See, these unseen and anonymous places and seasons that we go through in the middle of delay, they can be trying, discouraging. You can feel like you're being just covered up by the weight of the situation. And you're like, God, I just, I just need some, uh, some rescue here, a, a little bit of a, a relief from some of this weight. I feel like I'm just covered up by this season. <clears throat> a good friend of mine is a pastor. He said it this way. He says, when you feel like you're being buried... It just may be that you're being planted. God, I feel like I'm covered up and there's the dirt of the world. I feel like I'm being buried and God's saying, you know what? I'm just planting you. I'm just planting you. You're not dead. I'm just planting you. Just wait. I'm going to water you. I have not left you. God is involved in your life. Period. Number two lie that sometimes we believe in the middle of waiting and delays. My past failures or flaws, they disqualify me. My past, the things that's in my past, oh, it, it must have caught up with me now. This promise, this, this, this goal, this, this prayer, this direction that God has given me, he's told me to go preach in, in Asia and Bithynia and all these areas, and yet now he redirects, well, my past must have caught up, caught up with me. God's shutting that door down. I must not be able to be fulfilling in God's plan because of my past. <clears throat> and again, we may not say it that plainly, but in, in those quiet moments and when we're driving down the road or when we're at, at night laying down in bed and, and being discouraged, the enemy has a tendency to just drop those remembrance and just, we remember and we think, ah, that's why. 
that need that I've been praying about, that I've been waiting in, and God keeps delaying. So, uh, what? Ah, it's just frustrating. Well, my past, it's caught up with me. They disqualify me. That must be a pattern or a, a purpose in my life that God can't fulfill. And before I, before I kind of confront that, let me just say, been there, I understand. And yet when we allow that lie to get in and take root in our life, what we are really saying is, Jesus, this one's too big for you. Your gift, your life that you gave on that cross for my sins, my failures, my flaws, yeah, this one's too much. Now, we may not say it that way, but our belief, the lie that we believe, sometimes positions ourselves that way. And I'm just here to tell you that is a lie. That is not what Scripture teaches. In fact, the Bible gives us examples all throughout Scripture of men and women who are greatly used by God, who have deep failures and flaws in their life as well. We were driving to church this morning talking about this, and I said something to Kim about this point, and, and uh, she's actually helping in Kidman land today, and, and uh, so, but I was giving her the rundown of the, the message, right, the Cliff Notes version, and I got to this point, and I said, yeah, isn't it cool how that God can use um, some, some people that have a lot of junk in their life, and I was kind of focusing on the negative aspects of them, and she kind of in her wisdom, and she's the wise one in the house, right? She, she just said, wow, that sounds pretty condemning you are of Moses and all that. I'm like, what? He's like, because you're basically describing the same thing that all of us have. I was like, okay, yeah, thank you, Miss Pastor Kim. You know, there you go. Whatever. But the truth of it is, when we read through scripture and see these heroes of the faith, they've got some of the same stuff we do. And God still used them greatly. If you don't believe me, look at this, 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 uh, this, this list here. I'm going to read it to you. It's incredible. These, these men and women who are used mightily. Abraham, he was old. He was past his prime, right? Can't be used. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph, he was abused. He had scars that wouldn't allow him to be used, surely. Job, he went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon, he was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman, she was divorced. Noah, he was a drunk. Jeremiah was way too young, right? Jacob was a cheater and a deceiver. David, a man after God's own heart, was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ vehemently. He denied Christ three times. Martha, she worried about everything, right? Zacchaeus was just small and money hungry. The disciples, they fell asleep while they should have been praying. Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted and killed Christians before becoming one. How in the world can we believe the lie that says my past failures and flaws, they disqualify me from the promises that God has in my life? They do not. The delay that you are experiencing in right now does not mean that you are disqualified. I've found in my own life that when I begin to believe those types of things, even in the natural, like in, in a workplace environment, the last season of my life when I was at the national office, there were these moments the, the people that I served under would travel all the time. And so you'd go a long time without connecting with those authority people in your life. And in the absence of that connection to the authority people, there would be these little things creep into my mind going, you know, I haven't heard that affirmation. I 
haven't heard, way to go, you get one in a long time. It's like, maybe I'm off here a little bit. Is everything good? And we begin to kind of get paranoid a little bit or whatever. And you know what would fix it all the time? is just having that connection with the authority there and saying, hey, no, it's all good. Everything's good. That time with those over really helped re- reinforce that or whatever. I just know in my own spiritual life, it's the same way. I go through moments where I'm like, God, are you really in? I'm like, this is frustrating. I'm seeing that. And you kind of get this pity party or whatever. And what do you need to do? You need to go back to the authority in your life and spend time with Jesus and say, God, I just need your encouragement today. And he, and he may tweak a little bit, recalibrate and say, hey, yeah, you know what? There's a little thing, whatever. And, tweak. And, you, and you engage with God's word. He has a tendency to do that. And it's just beautiful. Can I give you a little practical application as a mom or dad? If you have a grandma or grandpa and you're responsible for raising up kiddos, sometimes when, when you think, oh, they're just misbehaving and, rah, 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 and all this stuff. Yeah, there's, I get it. You know, discipline is, is godly. I believe that. But sometimes it's just the idea that we haven't spent the time that we need to spend with them and they're just needing that father or that mom's attention. And it's just like if you'll just give them some time, they realize, you know what? Mom and dad, they actually really do love me. I'm, I'm good. All is well here. But in the absence of that, we can get really scared that somehow what we've done has disqualified us from being in good standing with that authority, even with our spiritual father and, and earthly and in our physical relationships as well. Don't believe the lie. Your failures and your past flaws do not disqualify you. Even if you're in the middle of a delay, Don't believe that lie. Number three, if anything is going to happen, then I've just got to make it happen, right? Boy, doesn't that sound like a leadership lesson that you've heard probably in your workplace or at school or whatever? You just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which I just love that phrase. Is that even possible? I don't know, whatever. But if if it's going to happen, you've got to make it happen. And, And I get the work ethic. I get the grit. I've got all the books, the leadership lessons. I understand that that, that, that motivation and, and just, ah, I get it 100%. I believe that we should, we should really give everything we have that is our best as unto the Lord, right? I understand that. However, there can be those moments in a delay season, spiritually speaking, where we say, God, you are just, you're just taking far too long on this. I'm going to have to make this happen. Boy, in parenting, that doesn't work real well, does it? I mean, kids that are that are doing their own thing and they're you know living their woo, and you're like, all right, well, God, you're not going to do this, so I'm going to step in. Yeah, let me know how that works out for you, right? Yeah, that's you. There's going to be some scars involved there on both parties involved there, and there's this tendency in a lot of our different situations where we say, if anything's going to happen, I've got to make it happen. When I read through Scripture. That is exactly not what successful interactions and people that are led by the Lord, what I see over and over is this very dependent spirit on God. It's almost, if we put it in through a lens of like Western leadership, drive and grit, all that culture, we would almost, man, they're lazy. No, they were actually really dependent upon God speaking first and then saying, God, If you tell me to go there, I'm going to go there. And God, if you say stop and just wait, I'm going to stop and wait. Because if your spirit doesn't go, your presence doesn't go, I don't want to go. Boy, for us, sometimes that's really a tense spot, right? Because we, the the, the waiting can get really, really challenging. Well, we got to make things happen. 
We tell our kids all the time, in fact, we, some, some leaders here in the church, we've, we've joked about this. If you've said this online, I'm not poking fun of you. I just think sometimes it's funny that we tell our kids all the time, you know, you're a world changer, you're a history maker, go do this and whatever. And I'm like, I get it. I understand the heart behind it. I, uh, that I, but I think the, the way that takes place is when we raise up a generation who's dependent upon God and hearing the voice of God. Because when we posture ourselves that way, yeah, we change the world. We make history. We do things that are significant, not when we say, if it's going to happen, it's got to be me, right? It's no, it's a dependence upon God. All throughout scripture, when you look at the prophets, when they, when they go and they hear from God and then act, that hearing from God has to take place first. And they have found, there's a phrase that the author I was reading today, that uh, this week, that uses this, I love this phrase. They have found the beauty of living in active inactivity, the beauty of living in active inactivity. You see, what may look like just kind of sitting and doing nothing is actually what scripture says in many situations where it says, wait on the Lord. It's not just a matter of sitting there twiddling our thumbs saying, okay, God, I'm just sitting here, whatever. No, it's a matter of posturing our heart and saying, I will wait on the Lord. In other words, it's almost the connotation of this, this the waiter at a restaurant, right? When many of you are going to go to lunch and the, he serves us and is, you say, God, what's your need? I just want to serve you. I want to bring my worship to you. I want to wait on you. I want to be involved in this active inactivity. I'm not going to stir things up and just make things happen just so that they can be happening. Because when I do that, I step out of the realm of your guidance and your provision. And I go into regions on that map that you've never intended me to go at this time. And I get out of it. I try to make things happen. This active inactivity, there's such a beauty in that. And quite honestly, there is a release of pressure in that, that we just say, you know what, God, this is your, this is your game plan. <laughs> like, God, speak to us. Where do you want us to go? And we'll go. But so many times in those delay seasons, we just believe this lie that if it's going to happen, I got to make it happen. I'm here to tell you, you have to listen to God and do what he says and you'll be all right. Even if that means, pause, just wait, just wait. It'll be all right. The prophet Habakkuk says this in Habakkuk chapter two, uh, verse one through three, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he'll answer my complaint. And then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it'll surely take place. It will not be delayed. Again, don't we hate delays? And yet all through scripture, there's a reassurance that God says to not only the prophets of old, but to us as well, wait Draw near to me, it'll be okay, just wait. God knows exactly where you are at. He is involved. He does not disqualify you because of your flaws and faults. And he says, don't just try to make things happen. A few days ago, I mentioned this uh, flying into the Phoenix area and uh, it was a beautiful day, flew right about sunset. 
and they're going over the desert. It's just totally different, obviously, topography and all that. It's really just a beautiful moment. And watching was flying over the, the airport there in Phoenix, large airport, tons of planes everywhere. That perspective, you've traveled, you understand this, but just go with me a little bit in your mind. Flying in like that and thousands of feet in the air, these what look like little toys that are really, you know, Boeing, seven, seven, whatever, these huge planes, right, with all kinds of moms and daddies in those planes and a lot of lives in those planes. But up there, at that level, they look really small. But there's, there's all, they're all over. There's hundreds of these planes. And I was just thinking through this. I was I actually had the iPad out. We were just kind of prepping a little bit for today. And I was like, man, what pressure on that air traffic controller and the people to, to navigate all those and nope, stop. Cause it, it just like this, it's just crazy. The, the interwoven nature of all those things connecting. And then as I was leaving, I was kind of, you know, you had that view of it from up high. And then on the runway, I was watching that we were delayed a little bit on the takeoff and there's a line of, of planes. I don't know whether one of the runways was down or whatever, but, but there was, there was a backup, right? And, and so these planes are all stopped on this runway. And I got to imagine there's probably some pretty heated phone calls going on on those planes that are waiting to get to the, to the gate, right? They've already, wheels are down. They're ready to get to their loved ones. And, and you've been on those flights where you have people call them. It's like, I don't know what's going on. Just get to the plane. We're here. We're here. You know, whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, you see this line up there. And from the viewpoint that I was at, then you see why they are stopped and waiting is because there's both it's the runways being used for takeoff and landing. And so this huge jet comes and, you know, lands there. And these people in that plane with those little windows, they can't see the jet, but the air traffic controller guy can. And it's for their safety. They're waiting there. In my own life, boy, don't you know, it would probably mess us up a lot if we could have God's perspective on things. But in the same way, when we feel like, oh, I just got to make it happen. I got to hurry There may be a reason that God's telling you to wait. Do not believe the lie that if it's going to happen, you've got to make it happen. Well, the fourth one is really the reason why all of those other three are so powerful. And we're going to conclude with this one. And then we're just going to pray for each other that may be in this. Number four, the delay is going to cause me to miss the moment. The window's going to close, right? There's a moment, there's a, there's a purpose in this plan, this, this goal, this, this purpose that God has for me, this prayer need that I'm supposed to be praying for fervently and God, you're delaying. But if you don't answer this now, you're going you're gonna to miss the moment and to which I would ask myself and I would ask you, who, whose moment? Yours or his? Because if it's a God-given thing that he said, I have I've promised you this and there's a purpose involved in that. How arrogant must we be to think that God is somehow going to miss the plan that he has? Do you understand? You you get it. I understand that. But but there's these moments when we're in the delay that we can believe this lie that, well, this delay is going to cause me to miss miss this moment. Well, the question you got to ask yourself is, is what is that vision, the task, the dream, the healing that you're waiting for? It's, it's usually something, if we're not careful, that we get focused on that has a, a benefit here. And it's always smart for us to recalibrate and say, God, what is your purpose? What is your passion? What is your design for my life? We've been talking about this a lot lately. 
about the mission of even what God has called us to do. And that when we focus on the mission, and the mission is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Your mission, your purpose on this earth is not to have a successful business that grows this incredible amount of wealth that you can leave to your kids. That's great. That's awesome. I get it. But in the middle of that, that's just an an opportunity for you to be successful on this so that you can be involved in your mission. Every one of us on this planet were put here with a purpose and a design to be a furthering of God's grace and reflection to all of his kids of which we are. Our purpose, our goal, our vision, what sometimes we think our moment is, is to be that connection to people that need to know about Jesus. Your job, your calling, your assignment, excuse me, your assignment that you are is just to fulfill the calling that you have on your life. Say, I'm just a plumber. Oh, no, you're not. You have a calling on your life. And that assignment of being a plumber is an, is an avenue for you to fulfill your purpose. And if you change the way you see things like that, then you're never going to miss the moment because the moment is his. It's all his. He's got it orchestrated for you and he's not going to be late. There's a, there's a verse <clears throat> There's a verse in 2 Peter. Pastor Clayton's going to come and help me close, and we're going to pray for each other. There's a verse in 2 Peter. I love what, what he writes here in chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. It really hits home when we begin to think, oh, God, you're going to miss your moment. He says, you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day, it's like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. Verse nine says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. I just got really heavy real quick. God, I'm just talking about just getting missing this moment. He doesn't, but he's saying he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Did you ever think that your delay may be the key to someone else knowing about Jesus? Did you ever think the detour that you had in your life may be the thing that God, air traffic controller, right, is orchestrating so that this divine conversation can take place in the timing that this person is ready to hear and that person is ready to respond and it's all part of this plan. God, you're going to miss the moment. Whose moment? April of of 2000 or of, of 21, um, my wife and I, we began to pray about some things in our future. And we were living in Springfield at the time. We were working in different positions. She was on staff at a church there. I was at an office job at the, the national office in the Assemblies of God. And we just began to pray. And God began to put a, a burden on our heart for the local church. And I knew that God was calling us to be back in um, in local church ministry. I knew that he had had prepared us, felt like he had led us to the season to to go and pastor a a church somewhere. And some of you have heard me tell this story. If you're new with us, I'm fairly new too, a year and a half in. And, and, uh, but that journey for me felt like a gigantic detour and delay. It just did. Now I'm, I have the, the benefit of being on the other end of the story and I'm excited that, that, that God has detours and delays all in, get it. 
But that moment, we had a goal and a plan, and a, you know, we had the red line flight plan and said, we're going back to Texas. Like we, we were in Springfield, Missouri. My kiddos are in Texas. My family's in Texas. And we're, we're, we felt like God was going to, you know, go back home, whatever home, you know, I get that. So we began to pray and, and, and look at opportunities, knock on doors that were supposedly there. Um, that man, we, I, boy, my nose got broken from the doors being slammed in the face. No, not but figured it like fingers got up from being slammed the doors. And it was just a kick to the ego. And I got to admit some of these lies that, that have popped up in, in this message here today, I struggled with them too. God, you're, there's something there that you're just limiting the future because I don't, it's taking forever, you know, that kind of thing. Well, funny thing about that is now on the, this end of the story here to hear all of your story at Calvary, some of you that went through that pastoral transition that, that there was some frustration here too, going, COVID's happened, we can't go, whatever. And so these mutual frustrations, right, kind of led us together, I guess, but uh, God had a plan. So we knocked on all these doors and got told no, and just actually, I would have loved to have been told no, but sometimes you couldn't even get a phone call back. You're just like, what gives here? You're like, God, what are you doing? And it wasn't until just kind of this whole active inactivity and we began to listen to what God may be saying. My oldest daughter, Chelsea, and, and her husband, my, my daughter and son-in-law came and they visited us and, and they began to tell us about just some things that God had been stirring in their life. And, and, but before they did that, we had heard about this, this church in Greensboro, North Carolina, to which our first response is, North Carolina? Are you kidding me? You know, that's the wrong direction. If you look at a map of the U.S., we're in Missouri trying to get back to Texas. God, what are you? My daughter and son-in-law come to our house and they said, Mom, Dad, we've been praying and we know you're looking to pastor someday. And, and if that opportunity comes to come back home to Texas, boy, it'd be great. But God just, just spoke to us and, and through some really like coincidence type things. We have no connection at all. And they said, well, we'll we just decided that we'll follow you. Um, to one other place if God doesn't send you back to, to Texas. We'll follow you to North Carolina. Like, what kind of bad pizza are you eating? You know what? I mean, it was, it was just a weird, weird moment. Well, what she didn't know is that I had had a friend um, mention, like I said, this church and, and just didn't give it any thought, really, quite honestly, uh, just because that was not my plan. And God said, you should knock on this door because I think I may be having a moment for you that, that you are shutting this door because you're trying to make it happen and I've already made the, pan, the, the path happen and you, you're probably getting in the way. <laughs> well, okay, thank you, Jesus. So the, the process started and we walked that through and I'll never forget, Chris Ola was uh, serving as kind of a point lead in the search committee there and Chris got so tired of me bugging him. It was just like, we're still friends now, but it was touch and go there for a little bit. You know, I was, I was just this antsy guy trying to, give me some, give me something, you know, there's a, a conference and handled it with such great integrity and, and leadership, but God had a plan. And I say all that not to say, wow, do you still feel like Texas is home? Absolutely not. 
because I believe that even though sometimes you may not feel it, that when God plants you somewhere, you bloom. And you just say, God, you may have had a delay, a detour, whatever, but God, your plan is what I'm here for, your desire. And it just so happened that our desire, our kind of paths have crossed and God's doing some amazing things, not because of John and Kim. I hope you don't hear that in what I'm saying, but we are all on this journey where when we get into the moment of a delay, we better not believe the, the, the lie that says God's not involved. Oh, he is deeply involved, preparing you for us and us for you. And maybe those people that you need to interact with um, in your workplace or family, maybe they're not ready yet. Maybe that's why God's hitting pause and all of these things are working together. Why? Because it's his purpose. And his ultimate goal is that everybody would know his son Jesus and accept that. And if we think that our moment is the purpose, then we get all messed up. Some of you may find yourself in that position today and waiting. And it's tough and it's discouraging. Some of you may have already responded. I love the freedom with which you just keep, yes, freedom and worship and, and just needing that moment of coming to the, an altar time and praying. And just it's awesome. But I just want to encourage you with this, this thought that when we wait on the Lord, the waiting could be his purpose. The waiting could be the prep that you need, the, the tweaking in your life to get you prepared for the next. And you don't see it right now, but you will. Well, I'm so glad that those, those doors got slammed in our face. I'm so glad that God shut a door because it would have not been his plan and I would have been trying to force something. And there's the beauty in this active inactivity. And we can have confidence in that today. I'm gonna close today a little bit different. I'm just gonna invite you to, while you're still seated, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads where you're at? We're going to be an encouragement to one another. And the question is very simple. The response time that we've been praying for this week and even before service today, just people in the room that are prepared to respond and, and, and be that, that uh, like we have said before, that Jesus with skin on, the, 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 the physical expression of God's grace to you today. If you're here in this room and you say, Pastor John, I am right in the middle of a situation that it's a, it's a delay, it's a detour, and I am struggling with some of these things that you've mentioned, and it is just a discouraging season right now that, that I'm having to do some waiting, and I would really, really love for the Lord just to, to, to use us as a church family to be an encouragement to you. If that's you today and you say, everybody's heads bowed or eyes closed, you said, would you just include me in this prayer? I just, I'm, I'm discouraged right now. There's some waiting going on in my life that I have some discouragement. Would you raise your hand in this place all over? Hands are going up all over the room, all over. Yeah, if you raise, that's great. That's, that's incredible, that's incredible. Here's, here's why I, I know that, that God is doing something. Those of you that raised your hands, I, I, boy, we're in the middle of family and this is an awesome place. And so this is gonna be a little bit of a challenge um, just because of the sheer response here, but that's okay. But there's, there's men and women in this room that when we say serve others, now's the moment because we're going to pray one for another. If you raised your hand, you said, I just need some encouragement and some prayer. Would you, would you be bold enough to stand where you're at all over this room? Just stand. There's, there's probably 50 people that raised their hands a minute ago. Would you stand and we're going to pray for you all over? Yep, they're still standing. Yeah. Wow. 
You know, what's encouraging to me about that is that you're in the right spot to be encouraged by those men and women that, uh, that may have been on the other side of the delay and in our position right now to pray and encourage you. You see someone standing around you. This may be the first time you've ever prayed for somebody that way, this way. That's okay. I want every person that has stood right now to have someone praying for them, lay a hand on their shoulder, and just, just begin to be that point of connection. We're gonna, I'm going to guide you in prayer here in just a second. Would you right now just move and find? You may need to introduce yourself to that person. That's okay, or a couple. And, and don't like you know, 20 people get on one couple. Make sure everybody is, is covered here. I'm going to give you just a minute, and then I'm just going to guide you in prayer and Pastor Clayton's going to lead us and we're just going to create a moment here for you to, to, to carry each other's burdens. I love it. Pastor Tom, right in the middle on the back here. Yep, right in the middle here. Thank you. Yep, behind Tim and Carrie there. Awesome. Thank you. Just want everybody to be covered. Yep, awesome. So you may feel bold enough to just introduce yourself if you need to and, and if you want to share the specifics of your concern, great, but you don't have to. And we're just going to pray one for another. The Bible says that the, the, the prayer, the effective, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it, it, it is effective. It avails much. It produces results. Sometimes that's just the encouragement to know that you're not walking alone. Jeff, you're not walking alone. There's things that, that God has for you that you may not even know. It's incredible. Can you do that right now? Just begin to pray. If you're not standing around, would you may just want to stand and put your hand towards those people that are praying. Pastor Clayton's going to lead us, and we're just going to have a moment and pray for each other. Father, right now, I pray for the men and women that have stood all over this room. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just reach into this space and just give peace, give comfort, give an assurance that you are involved, that God, you have not disqualified us You have not left us alone, that you are working. Even when we don't see it, you are working. Lord, I thank you for that. Father, I pray that you would use the words and the encouragement of men and women all over this room to speak life into situations. Father, I pray that your spirit would just use our, that, that, that physical touch to be a representation of your spiritual touch in their lives. God, I thank you for what you're doing in lives all over this room today. Men, women, would you just begin to out loud pray for those people that you're, take, that, that you're putting their hands on them, their shoulder, and you may want to visit with them about what their need is. That's great. Just be led right now to be that encouragement to them. Father, I thank you for the the prayers in the room. God, I pray that you would guide and lead and direct in a way that that you would receive glory. God, I thank you for it. Thank you for it in this room. There would be encouragement. God, you're perfect. Hallelujah. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all Perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your in all of your ways. 
stand with us all over this room. Pastor Clayton, sing that through one more time. Let's join you with you. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Lord, I worship you. You're perfect. You are perfect in all of your Perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways to us. Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love the words of that song because I, I've lived it. I understand it. In all of his ways to us, he's perfect. When our ways get reflected to him, that gets messy. And his ways are perfect. They don't always make sense, but they're always perfect because he loves us, he cares for us, and he's involved in your life. We're going to have some team leaders and some prayer leaders come to the front and the back. And we, we just love to, at the end of our times of worship today and every Sunday, give you an opportunity to connect with another person, maybe for a need. Obviously, we've had that moment already today, but if there's something else in your life, I just, I would love to, to connect with you and pray together with you and have someone pray for you. Well, that we would love to do that as well. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of, the, of your life, this is the moment where, where, where God can set you on the trajectory and that purpose for you. So usually what happens is the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord kind of lets us know that there's that separation there and sin separates us and Jesus pays the price for yours and my sin and he, he forgives us and we accept that forgiveness and begin that relationship and it's the most incredible thing you could ever do and we'd love to pray that prayer together with you as well. Don't be discouraged in the delay. There is purpose in your waiting. God has you. Amen? And if you needed to hear anything this morning, it's from your pastor just being hopefully encouraging to you today to say there, there is not a departure from God's plan just because there's a delay. What you see as a delay could very well be God's destiny. It could very well be that God has orchestrated this pause that you feel to set you up for the next purpose that he has for you. It's his moment. He's not going to miss it. Wait on the Lord and all will be well. We'd love to pray together with you if there's some, some things in your life still that, that would be that connection point. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you in your coming and in your going and in your waiting that he would be there with you and you would be a reflection of his grace to your families and all the, the area of the triad that you have impact on. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great week. God bless you.